0: Um, umgoblue.com by fans for fans since 1999 welcome to our very happy podcast where we get to talk about Michigan's awesome dominating 45-23 to victory over Ohio State and uh, if there's anything that sums it up it's this quote from Donovan Edwards
1: the long touchdown run
0: came
2: through the line, there's nobody there. Which
0: one? It's interesting because, Clint, a lot of people talked about after the game about how nobody foresaw Michigan blowing out Ohio State, and that may be the case, but we were both very confident that that Michigan would win this game, and people can go back and and you know, listen to our last podcast. And one of the things I wanted to talk about is, you know, Clint, I got to give you credit. You have said for, you know, during Jim Harbaugh's tenure that, you know, he says it how it is.
3: Yeah. We're very, we're very grateful to, um, to be in this position, to be playing in this game. Um, Winner takes the East, you know, winner takes all right there. So um, strong opponent, and um, it's, the, it's the kind of situation that gives you the opportunity to display how strong our team is. Um, you know, there's, there's no need to hate. You know, be grateful for the opponent. It's like superheroes. Uh, it's through a strong opponent that you get to find out who you are. You know, be grateful for having the opportunity to play in this kind of big game.
0: He gave advice to J.J. on what to do.
3: It's, it's, it's pretty cool, uh, coming off of coming off of the game he had. You know, fourth quarter comeback, win in the last minute, uh, game-winning drive. I mean, that doesn't happen to uh, to quarterbacks, um, you know, that often. And to be in that situation, you know, first time and, and win it. Um, you know, he's just he's got it. Uh, you know, talk about turning water to wine. Uh, I think I made that comment uh back in the summer that he had that ability he's fiercely protective uh of the team uh he's a tremendous teammate um but you know he's got that he's got that grit and determination too that uh, uh all into all into one package. I don't need to tell him anything more than that just go have at it
0: and it's interesting because you know. We listen very closely to what he says. We follow very closely what the players say. And in the run-up to this game, there was a a confidence. There was a a sense of.
3: It's not. It's not been one of those. You know, there's no anxiety to it. I mean, we're I on mean, a happy mission. It's not a grim mission.
0: And you know, people make fun of when Jim says that, but. You know, if you listen to what, you know, J.J. McCarthy said about the game.
4: Yeah, at the end of the day, it's, it's really all just noise and all just a bunch of fans that like to boo you and that don't like you very much. And you just do whatever you can to transmute that and use it against them. So I feel like a lot of situations we've been through this year with, like, facing adversity on the road and being in Iowa is just going to help us tremendously this weekend.
0: About a sense of energy being in the building.
4: There's just a sense of energy that wasn't really present in the last 11 weeks or 12 weeks with the bye weekend. It's it just everyone's ready to go. Like I said, the stars are aligning, and it's finally here, and we couldn't be more excited. I mean, it's such a special opportunity to be a part of a game like this, and, uh, yeah, we're, we're just so excited to go out there and have the time of our lives on Saturday. Really, that's it. I like going back to the quote, like, better be a warrior in a garden than a gardener in a war, and we just – We just absolutely have so much joy playing this game. And there's that deep warrior inside of us that no matter what it takes, we're going to get it done.
0: And again, it just seemed like that Harbaugh was ready for this. J.J. McCarthy was ready for this. And I I mentioned him specifically because um, he spoke about it, you know, a lot in the pregame availability during the week
4: feels just like the stars are aligning like it's finally here it's meant to be and uh, we couldn't be more excited for it honestly Uh, we just can't wait to get out there and have some fun on Saturday obviously there's more confidence because we proved that we can do it and it's just we're matching up what we did last year to try to outdo that and we just we just want to dominate on all cylinders and yeah that's that's what we're really focused on this Saturday.
0: Clint what were your thoughts as? as you were um, prepping for the game and going through your pregame materials and what was your thought? And then what did you, how did you feel as the game was transpiring?
5: Yeah. So the the week leading up um, and we, we recorded the podcast in the middle of the week, kind of recapped what we saw in Illinois and and reviewing the Illinois game first. um, It just became like crystal clear that Michigan had kept so so much in their back pocket, and and sad the personnel. Now, I i expected Mike Morris to play against Ohio State, and he didn't. But holding Mike Morris out of the Illinois game, uh, sitting Bla- Blake Edwards for the second half, Donovan Edwards not even dressing with his injury. Right, just keeping so much personnel, resting so much personnel, and uh, keeping such a vanilla playbook on both sides of the ball. Um, Really, you know, almost almost cost them against Illinois. That's that's what we talked about. Is that they they almost um, looked past Illinois enough that that Illinois probably should have beaten them. Um, but that just it, it did reinforce for me um, the level of confidence in, in uh, the level of preparation that the Michigan football program is putting into beating Ohio State, and that. Really, you see a shift. Like The month of November really felt a little bit um, nervy from the Michigan fan base. And then it it dawned on me after kind of recapping the Illinois game that they've been doing that for the whole month of November. They've been keeping their best stuff on the shelf um, for this game. So don't worry about what has looked bad. Over the last four weeks, I think that they're going to pull the stuff out that they are best at in Columbus. So for me, it was just about um, making sure that they didn't uh, fall behind early and let the let the horseshoe and the environment really dictate the entire day. You know that you had to kind of stand there and take a few on the chin, right? That opening drive from Ohio State uh, certainly was really well put together. And they're really, you know, as always, really talented offense, really talented everywhere. Uh, you know, C.J. Stroud's still a Heisman contender, throws through a couple uh, absolute perfect dimes uh, this last Saturday again. So you had to take a few of those in the mix and be able to punch back. So once uh, Michigan put their own drive together, got a field goal, said, OK, you need the defense to step up and, and get a stop. And they did. Right. And then, you know, a little bit of back and forth. You're down 10 to three. And then you catch Lightning, right? You catch Ohio State in an all out blitz. It's uh, Cornelius Johnson one on one with the corner. And JJ buys just enough time and has just enough arm strength to get it out there and let uh, CJ make a play, makes the guy miss and, and takes it 69 yards for a touchdown. And that was the moment, 10 to 10, that to me, they had absorbed. That initial wave of energy and emotion from the not just the Ohio State football team and the coaching staff, but the whole, the whole building, right? Like the whole horseshoe had kind of an uh-oh moment, right? An uh oh moment. And then, you know, I think they, they get the ball and kick another field goal to take a 13-10 lead. Um, so they're they're still okay, maybe, you know, they're a little iffy, but certainly not as raucous as beforehand. And then you hit Cornelius Johnson again wide open for a long touchdown. another was a 75-yard first snap, I think, um, on the next series. And that was it. That was it. They had then weathered the storm and sucked the energy out of that building. Now, the, the players were still pretty hyped up. You know, the place could still get loud. But they started to feel the pressure at that moment when they went down 17-13. Like, uh-oh. It's going to happen again. Uh oh. Uh, Are we sure that we're doing all the right things? Uh oh. Right. Just questioning everything that they'd been told and that they had thought for 365 days. That was the moment that I felt um, they had absorbed. You know, they had hung in, hung tough enough in the first half, and I, I expected the better team, Michigan, to win in the second half because they had the better offensive line, and because I believe that defensive staff. Could keep Ohio State in the building, and um, that's that's what we saw happen, and, and to to a great degree. To win 28 to three in the second half was um, it was a 30 minute celebration in our household. Just watching it unfold, exactly how we felt that it could and hoped that it would. That second half could not have have gone any better. It was it was really fun to watch.
0: I go back to the post game after Illinois. Where Ronnie Bell and JJ had this quote about the passing game.
3: I wouldn't say I wouldn't go as far as saying it's not there, but um, I think uh, again, just repetition and practice, man. Uh, I think uh, like today, you know, like uh, like I said with the meat of the bone, like it's just this is the slightest slightest of things that we're missing on. I don't think necessarily though that like it's uh, yeah. I don't I don't know if I'd say it's not there. That's kind of crazy. What
4: you think?
2: Yeah, uh, <laughs>
4: you know everything's a work in progress, and obviously we have so much so much high expectations for us as an offense, especially the passing game. So of course everyone's looking at that gap, like why isn't it there? And there's really no ceiling to it. So there's always going to be questions of uh, why isn't it there? We should be throwing for 400 yards a game, all that. But you know our identity is a smash fest, then. and we it's love true. to run the rock, and we love to do it and inflict our force on. Any opponent we play, so a lot of the meat on the bone, is still on the bone, and it's ready to come off next Saturday.
0: You know, Clint, it's one of those things where you go, well, I hope so, right? And we've been saying pretty regularly during the podcast, going, well, when are we going to see that long passing game? And, and I will tell you, being in the horseshoe, and okay, I hate Ohio State but it is an amazing cathedral of football, okay? If if you've never been there, and I know you have been there, but if anybody listening to this podcast has never been there for a game, even if you're driving by just to see it, it, it is it is a scene, okay? It is, it is a place. So, you know, had the privilege to be down on the field and seeing Michigan warming up and seeing Ohio State warming up, and, Michigan is loose. They're joking around. They're having a good time. And the Ohio State players were quiet And you know very terse with each other their coaches were very terse Um, And again, it's a crazy environment It filled up and there was a uh, an electricity in the stadium But there was a nervousness even from the beginning and You know you and I have been around a lot of football teams at different levels And I can tell you, Clint, I was watching this going, you know, and observing it. And I'm like, this is not a team. This is not how a team and a fan base should be acting if they're nine-point favorites, right? There was, you know, and and you think about the setup to the game, you know, the the forecast a week or two out was, oh, you're going to have rain and possibly snow. And, you know, uh, Ohio State, you know, uh, shakes like... uh, With fear at the thought of playing in snow. Well, the forecast cleared and it was a beautiful football day. All right, so I'm thinking, wow, all the tumblers are coming up here for Ohio State down on the sideline and I'm watching Blake Coram warm up and he warmed up, but it was not the typical Blake that we're used to seeing. You could see there was a, a pretty significant brace on his leg. Um, You could see Donovan Edwards warming up, and he had what I call a flipper. You know, his hand was, was pretty strongly wrapped. And I'm sitting here, I'm thinking, wow, this is, you know, you hear about Mike Morris being out, and I'm thinking, wow, these are all really good things for Ohio State. They're not acting confident. They did not have a swagger, all right? And, you know, you and I talked about how important that initial possession would be, right? So mm-hmm. Ohio State comes down, scores, and Michigan answers back with a field goal. And it was just a field goal, but the air went out of the stadium for a second. And I was like, it's 7-3, it's just a field goal, right? And then Ohio State comes back, and you know they kick a field goal, so it's 10-3. And then the one thing that we have not seen consistently from this offense happens. You see that 69-yard touchdown pass, you know, and really it was more of a shorter pass and a longer run, right? Uh And then Ohio State only came back with a field goal. And then Michigan lit it up again with a 75-yard touchdown pass from McCarthy to Johnson. And even though at halftime, Ohio State came back and scored and they had the lead, it did not feel like that in the stadium, Clint. You know, you're know, you looking around and um, there was a tension, there was a nervousness. I mean, this was not the blowout they were hoping for. And Michigan is a second half team. And, and part of it is, you know, we've been watching this team a lot and we have expectations as fans and commentators. But I felt great at halftime. And everything just came apart for Ohio State in the second half. And again, just you know, again, and I keep saying, you know, we, we, we've seen a lot of football at a lot of different levels. This was a team unraveling. This was a team and, you know, on the Michigan side, okay? We have been on the wrong side of this rivalry at times, okay? You know, going back to the John Cooper years where we were on the right side for a long time and then Trestle came and it flipped against us, right? And you had a sense that Even if you had equal talent, the other team had something on you, right? And you know, I think back to uh, you know the desert, right? Wandering in the desert during the Rich Rod era, and for most of the Brady Hoke era, where you just had it in the game and you knew you didn't have a shot, right? What's crazy is when that game started to go against Ohio State, that crowd and that fan base did not turn on Michigan. They turned on their players and Ryan Day. Okay. And I will tell you, I was down on the field for most of the fourth quarter. And nobody was screaming at me in my Michigan sweatshirt. I, you know, as the game ended, I I, uh, um, was heading over to get photos of the Michigan team. I passed right behind the Ohio State bench. Nobody said boo to me. They were screaming at their players and they were screaming at Ryan Day. And... Um, I would say he coached scared in the second half and you look at that and you just, you just have a feeling that this rivalry has shifted that last year they had the excuses about, oh, it was in the snow and it was at Michigan Mm -hmm. and then, well, what's your excuse this year? Right. And again, you know, we talked about, you know, the shifting of the game. Michigan, you know, had a touchdown in the third quarter and outscored them 21-3 to three in the fourth quarter. And, boy, it's good there wasn't any more time because they would have rung up a few more touchdowns, okay? I mean, 45-23, when you were expected to win by nine at home, that's a butt-kicking. That is, a, I mean, a biblical butt-kicking. And, you know, as a Michigan fan, it was amazing to see. And I will tell you... That, um, you know, one of my worst times at the Horseshoe, Clint, Rich Rod's last year, you um, know, I know you're familiar with the facility. Um, there are dual tunnels and there's like a ramp that goes up on either side of, of the end zone for each team. And I was standing watching the Michigan team go up the ramp and Rich Rod was there. And this um, drunk Ohio State fan, this woman leaned over the rail and said, We love you, Rich Rod. And I just remember thinking, yeah, they do, because they own them, right? And what I would say right now is, I like Ryan Day. I hope they extend him, because one or two things is going to happen. Okay, if he is truly a great coach, then he's going to elevate his game, and we're going to have, you know, amazing battles over the next few years. But I didn't see a coach who had answers, Clint and I didn't hear a coach in the post game who had answers. And what I see and you know and I talked you know we talked a lot about what we saw in the week running up to this and the month running up to this and what we heard from the Ohio State side is we got Jim Harbaugh playing three-dimensional chess on one side and we got Ryan Day playing tic-tac-toe with his red X's over M's. Okay? And I I'm you know, so like I said, one of th- one or two things is going to happen. Either Ryan Day is going to raise his game and we're going to see some epic matches over the next, you know, few years. Or we saw the best he has. I mean, he, last year he fired his defensive staff. What do you do this year? It was worse. And to hear the coaching staff of Ohio State and the players just be resigned to what happened. Um, you know, one of the things that the Michigan players talked about in the post game. Um, you know, Mike Barrett said
4: I would say fourth quarter once we, once we went up, uh, uh two scores, I feel like that's kind of the point where I, I we all looked over to the side. And it was like, yeah, you could you can see like they started hanging their head. They weren't, getting off the ball as fast. They weren't really having that confidence that they're used to playing with. And, uh, yeah, you could just tell
2: just by looking at them.
0: And I'll tell you being there, you know, again, I was in the end zone. I could look on my left and I could see Michigan. I could look on my right and see, um, Ohio State Donovan Edwards busting runs and Michigan just getting stronger and and more confident and looking on my right and seeing Ohio State listless and not just listless but getting tore by their fans okay and I know it's not every fan okay but I mean when you're walking down that sideline and and um, there you know people are cussing out Ryan Day and calling out individual players and calling out you know individual coaches on the Ohio State side it's not a good look okay they had a ton of recruits there and as of right now um, Michigan got commitments from two recruits because of that game so you look at it and again uh, it's it's not a good look Mike Sanders still mentioned in the post game about
2: going into the fourth quarter. You know, we we uh, had a quick defensive talk, and you know, first thing we did was we looked over at their sideline, and uh, they were over there hanging their heads a little bit. You know, so we knew we were like, all right, they're 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 vulnerable right now, and uh, let's go out there, let's keep you know pouncing on them, uh, keep you know taking away the run game, the pass game, and just take advantage of every opportunity. Uh,
0: one of the most entertaining things about that game is in the hour after we finally got done with the post-game press conferences and got back to the car. The first hour of the car ride back to Ann Arbor was listening to talk radio in Columbus. And oh my gosh, they're ready to run Ryan Day out. And, and I can understand it. I can understand it, you know. I mean, you know, being down in that environment, we're watching, you know, one of the morning shows and this was the morning news. And the newscasters, not the sportscasters, We're saying, this is the most important game, nothing else matters, right? And, you know, again, this wasn't, hey, you just came up short. You know, and I think back to the 2016 game where Michigan, you know, uh, shall we say, uh, didn't get a measurement in their favor, right? You came away from that game and you're like, you know, you're frustrated, but it was close, right? You went to overtime. This was not that. This was, Uh, Again, just uh, a monumental butt-kicking. And when you have Blake Edwards out and you're thinking, wow, Michigan's best player is out. And then, you know, the second half, Donovan Edwards, who is a great player but, you know, doesn't have quite the fanfare nationally that Blake Edwards has. Okay. You have Donovan Edwards gaining 216 yards. Okay. Averaging 9.8 yards a carry. And you had one of Michigan's best defensive players out, in Mike Morris, right? And, and again, you could make a case that two of our best players didn't play, and we still put a beat down on Ohio State. You know, I can understand the excitement at your house. I know how much you're into it, and your family's into it, especially you know your kids are at a great age. And you know, one of the things that's great about this game is that you know we talked during. Harbaugh's tenure of a signature win. Okay, this is more than a signature win. This is an epoch-defining. win.
5: Yeah, it's it's historic in in the program's history in in the context of the entire hundred and thirty, you know, hundred and thirty something years of Michigan football. That's um that's how big it is. It's uh, the first time ever that uh, Michigan has. Has completed um, an undefeated regular season with a chance to to move to thirteen and zero if they can if they can win the Big Ten championship game, and then still play two other games. You know, there's there's a chance still for this team to play three more games together with um, you know with a month of prep uh, leading into the the college football playoffs. So this um, it's a totally different. It's totally. Different stratosphere. It, it, they're they're on a whole different level than even they were in 21 at this time last year, which was much more about stopping the bleeding and, and creating a foundation for the for the for the program and and establishing a culture shift. Um, you know, starting to stem the tide and to turn the ship. And, and this year is about actually moving the ship. You know, further on on the journey across across the ocean. And, and here you are. Um, you know, if given one more solid performance against uh, Purdue, you know, then you, you should be a lock for number one or number two in the country, uh, heading into the playoff. That's, you know, there are only a handful of seasons that that are even close to the same type of, of conversation as that. So not just the, the game, um, and the performance in Columbus, Right, I mean, it, it, the first time that Michigan has won in Columbus in 22 years, just that is is a generation. You know, there are plenty of uh, adults right now walking the earth that had never seen Michigan win wearing the white jerseys in Columbus. So, yeah, it's really hard to overstate really the historic meaning of of that performance. But I I want to. I I want to remind everybody, you know, halfway through the second quarter, right. There there was a, an exchange on, on Twitter that I had with uh, another, you know, popular uh, Michigan football uh, Twitter personality, you know, Scott Bell. And he said, even the most optimistic of Michigan fans will have a hard time imagining a path to victory right now. It's a one score game and feels like a blowout and like, I get that. I understand how it felt that way, right? Especially with Blake Corum, you know, hobbling, Morris not playing, J.J. McCarthy had started whatever it was, uh, three for nine, I I think it was. Um, So there were a lot of things that were frustrating at that moment. But the expectation, again, for me was to just stay in it, stay in it emotionally in that first half. So uh, maybe I was just in a different – frame of mind you just you just had to snap out of it and get to that you know keep digging keep digging the tunnel because you're about to break through and make that next big play and and I, I said just make a couple big plays right Ohio State had all the pressure going into the game I had said that a lot of times and the way they started really you know bottling up Michigan's run offense. And um, you know, really looking smooth on on their own offensive series to start. They shifted the pressure back onto the Wolverines. You know, and our fan base was just as ready to jump ship as the as what you were describing the Buckeyes at the end of the game. You know, people were mad. There was a lot of a lot of negativity getting spewed at JJ McCarthy in that second quarter. I promise you. You know, but what I what I wanted to praise or what I wanted to highlight is that the team the players the coaches did not panic the same way that a lot of the fan base did in that second quarter the team went out there and executed made those big explosive plays to kind of play to to a stalemate in in a game that really the tide was against them in many ways and statistically they were getting beaten pretty badly through you know the first 20-25 minutes of the game but two big plays And and like I said, shifted all that mountain of pressure and all of that weight squarely back onto Ohio State and Ryan Day and 106,000 Ohio State fans in the stands. Um, That shift and that pressure and Michigan's ability to respond in that moment and Ohio State's inability to respond in that moment is, is why the scoreboard
0: ended up the way that it did. Appreciate the opportunity channeling my inner Harbaugh here, just appreciating the opportunity to be there. I will tell you, perhaps they should have run those negative tweets across the scoreboard at Ohio Stadium. Because being there, it was not a confident group. And it was funny because I, uh, again, it's one of the reasons I like to be there you know, you get a sense for how the crowd's reacting. You get a sense for the momentum. And, um, you know, even J.J. McCarthy mentioned how things kind of shifted.
4: I want to say right after that uh, touchdown coming out of the half, I just felt like we were able to do everything that we wanted to do at that point. And I felt so comfortable, so calm. The first half I was a little amped up because I've been waiting to play this game for so long. But once the nerves kind of calmed down and everything settled, it, I knew it was over from then.
0: One of the things I want to point out, okay, is that yes, Donovan Edwards was incredible and he put the nail, two huge nails in the coffin, right? But if you look at the score, except for that, it was thirty-one to twenty-three, right? Michigan won this game with its passing game on JJ McCarthy with guys who, and again, you know, part of what we'd said is, you know, the long passing game had kind of been intermittent. You really didn't know who to expect here. I mean, heading in, I w- if you told me that Michigan was going to have the success with long passing plays, I would have told you it's Ronnie Bell. Okay, that would have been my guess, right? And it, it's just one of those things where I would have guessed Ronnie Bell, Roman Wilson, right? Maybe Andrew L. Anthony. Well, look what happened right and and more importantly not only was this a butt kicking but you know you and I have talked about the positive culture around the team right so here you go you have guys who and and coach Harbaugh talked about this
1: you know my opinion has been it's been here you know uh, for a long long time I mean uh, throughout uh, 50 years ago you know uh, that's, that, is, that is the Michigan program, the team, the team, the team, Bob. I mean, I know nobody knows that better than you. It is now, and, uh, and we expect that uh, to uh, go on into the future. Uh, but, you know, it's definitely, it's definitely some remarkable uh, players that, you know, they have also been raised that way, are that way, and, and will continue you know, to be that way. I mean, so many, so many of the, so many of our guys, are like that in every way. I mean, I could, I could, give many examples. Uh, um, if you'd like, a uh, ton of guys like that. I mean, I mean, Donovan Edwards, uh, for example. I mean, he could have, he could have taken a knee in this game, you know. Instead, he wore a cast, and now he's a legend. Uh, JJ McCarthy uh, you know, could have been a guy like, hey, I'm, I'm JJ McCarthy, I'm a five-star quarterback. Didn't, I'm not here to hand the ball off, you know. And uh, never, I mean, he's uh, he'll do anything for the team. He'll block, he'll run down the field and block for a running back, you know, 50 yards down the field. You uh, know, do anything uh, for the team. Put his put his shoulder down and. Score a touchdown at the at the goal line. You know, now he's a legend. Uh, you know so many guys. Cornelius Johnson uh, could uh, could have been somebody that uh, complained about how many targets he's getting, or you know the passing game. You know should be uh, should be front and center, et cetera, but doesn't. And you know continues to block and and uh, make the tough catch across the middle diving catches, uh, and then, you know, in this past game, you know, he makes, uh, he really got us started in that game, uh, Saturday against Ohio State, and he kept us going, Uh, you know, so many guys, Uh, Mozzie Smith, another would come to my mind, I mean, has asthma, uh, completely changed his body in the uh, aforementioned weight room uh, to become the the football freak number one um there was a time where it was it was hard for Mozzie to play three plays in a row and uh, he played 61 plays in this last game he played his best game that he's ever played uh had four tackles was the most gave the most pass rush uh in the game and um captain you know can't say say enough about him um Taylor Upshaw could have been bitter about uh you know not getting as much play time uh, as some of the other guys at the position um didn't now he's a legend a um, lot of examples right. um but I uh yeah I, I think that's that's who the team is that's that's what Michigan has always been about and is and um also, what their parents poured into them, you know, from from a very young age. So uh, I would I would call it all those things.
0: You have a culture of younger players getting the opportunity to excel. You get you see walk ons. You see you know at some positions, Michigan's down to their third or fourth string guy. You know, in, if you looked at the depth chart at the beginning of the year, if Harbaugh published a depth chart, but we know Michigan doesn't, right? But we can look and say, wow, where was that guy three games ago, six games ago? So here from the outside, right, you have a team where they were loose and confident heading into the game, okay? And you had an environment where Harbaugh does not rein them in, okay? And you know, we can think back to when he was a player, you know, he had a very famous guarantee versus Ohio State. You know and and again there was this great quote uh, again in the the week before the game where JJ McCarthy said
4: the saying that we love around here is just do you and I'm gonna do me like what what I did to get me here I'm gonna do that next Saturday for sure
0: they let the players express themselves and go out and perform and you know I'll, I'll tell you Clint one of the you know one of the best moments of the game that you see when you're in the stadium is, you know, Michigan comes out onto the field before the game and, you know, there's the requisite booze, and then Blake Corum and, and Jim Harbaugh walk out and then there's Donovan Edwards jumping up and down, egging the crowd on, okay? And, okay, you know, hey, you do you, right? He backed it up. And, and it's just interesting that you know, there's a fine line between, um, you know, provoking, right? And, um, you know, again, there's a fine line here when you when you when you when you see a team, you know, um, talking trash and, and going over the line, but they back it up, they're confident and they're having fun, and you know, uh, it was interesting too because, um, you know, Don, Donovan Edwards mentioned that.
3: I always have fun, man. Uh, you know, I, I always get like into it with the other team not really but like at the end of the day i'm still playing my game but like i don't know man
0: (laughs) the environment's not too big for them okay and that is a a point of you know hey blake was out i was worried about it right jj mccarthy talked about it
4: I mean, everyone's got to step up. I mean, yeah, Blake's an extremely important player to our team, but we got 142 other guys that are just chomping at the bit to get after him. So, extreme confidence coming in.
0: Um, you know, that is a big deal. Okay, you cannot, you know, imagine how many teams could lose their Heisman Trophy candidate facing their biggest rival on the road and and come out like this. Okay. And that's not dismissing Blake Corum. That is um, praising how this team is built. And, you know, Clint, there, as you said, there's a lot of football left, okay? We have potentially three games to go, definitely two at this point, right? And it, I think we need to think about that this may be one of the greatest Michigan football teams we've ever seen. Now, they need to back it up. There's still three games to go. But that is a conversation that we can have because, you know, the greatest team that I've I've ever seen is the 1997 team, okay? And if we go back to that team and you take Charles Woodson out, okay, I don't think you beat Ohio State at home. I was at that game, okay? Charles Woodson was the difference, okay? And, you know, he was the difference in the Rose Bowl. Okay, where, you know, we won three quarters of the national championship. Screw Nebraska. Right. But again, you take your best player and we'll 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 say him offense and defense. We'll take our best player off the field. That game doesn't turn out like that. Okay, in this game, this team lost one of its best defenders, one of its best offensive players. And it just said next man up
5: yeah i i think that's a great point about the depth uh, and and the program and, and and the culture that that surrounds everything that's happening on the field from week to week with the team, you know and and one more time i i would put uh an individual at the front of it it is kind of a, an example of a microcosm of that and it, it's mike Sainer still in this game i mean if anybody somehow flew under the radar in having the game of his life it's mike Sainer still and he, he may have made the biggest play of the entire game when he knocked that ball out of the tight ends hands uh, in the end zone and held ohio state to that field goal before the first long uh run by donovan edwards now that that play that one hustle play to get back into phase and and make a play on the ball um again, sucked the air straight out of uh, everybody in Scarlet and Gray and, and set the stage for, for them really to quit after Donovan Edwards made the two long touchdown runs. Um, and, and that's a guy, Mike who, still, who you know, switched positions and put the team first. And uh, to use Harbaugh's phrase, never got bitter, just got better.
1: You know, that's, that's, that's who they are, uh, that's who our players are. Uh, they are. They are never about being bitter, they get better. And uh, you know, it's incredible, you know, the difference between those two words, it's, it's um, one letter, the letter I. Uh, and, you know, that letter signifies, you know, making it about yourself, making it about just you, and, uh, you know, our, our players, uh, you know, it's, it's about the team. It's about uh, um, really doing everything uh, that they can for the team. They,
5: you know, came over in the spring, uh, was, was dinged up, um, had minimum reps in that nickel spot, and then worked, 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 worked from that moment forward every single day. And, and here he is against probably the best wide receivers core uh, in the country, even without Jackson Smith and Jigba playing and a Heisman contender quarterback and played the game of his life. And that's, there's something to be said about, you know, all of that work, all of that work kind of coming to a head in the biggest moment of the entire season and, and kind of deserving for it to pay off that way. And, and, a guy like Mike Samer still and other guys that we've used as individual examples of these culture things that we're talking about. Um, it's, it, it makes you proud. It makes you proud as a fan, um, as somebody who, who went to Michigan and graduated from Michigan and is a alum, you know, it's, it really kind of flies the banner um, in your heart and, and you, putting the team first and then not pouting about it and just making yourself the best nickel corner that you can be and then make the biggest play of the game in the biggest game of the season in something we're saying might be the greatest team uh, in, in Michigan's 140 year history. I mean, that's, that's quite something, you know, and, and, you know, hats off to Mike Samer still and to, you know, to everybody else that, you know, put all of that work in and, and kept the right state of mind And they earned it. They earned it. They earned the right to kind of lord themselves over the Ohio State Buckeyes because Ohio State did not do the mental toughness preparation that was necessary. As much as they wanted to talk about it and as much as they wanted to be physically tougher, they were not mentally tougher in 22 compared to 21. They were just a little bit less talented. That's it.
0: We talked about this. I mentioned this in one of the earliest podcasts of this season. When Mike Saner still switched positions, you don't generally have a high expectation for when a player does that, okay? And it's nothing against Mike. He's great. He's one of the best players to, uh, when he gets up during availability, he's intelligent, he's glib, he's entertaining, right? But when you have a guy who, you know, was third or fourth on the depth chart, and I think I'm being generous on the offensive side of the ball, switch to the defensive side of the ball, it kind of put up a a flare for me of, uh uh-oh, right? Where's this going to go? And then he elevates his game, is amazing, a team leader, a captain, and, you know, had some great things to say after the ohio state game oh that's
2: i was thinking about that since january Um you know just coming down here having the opportunity to win this game at this stadium Uh first time since 2000 just you know even last year the only thing i was thinking about was fans rushing the field they said i was thinking about playing the flag um speaking of into existence about <laughs> being able to do that feels great you know uh, i just think coach harbaugh is doing a great job of you know, helping us execute when this game, you know, comes about and then just preparing us for this moment. Uh, I think what's the same is the grit, uh, determination, the underdog mindset that we had last year, um, just, you know, the Michigan versus everybody mindset. What's different is just the fact that it's, it's not the same team as last year. We don't have the same guys defensively. We don't have the same guys off. We have majority of the same guys offensively, but, you know, the identity is not the same as what it was last year. Uh, what worked for last year's team is not the same thing that's working right now um you know we have we just we, we play with a with a different attitude um you know not to take nothing away from last year's team but you know right now what we're doing is we're just we just have a mindset of nothing is nothing that gets in our way is going to stop us and you know that's just what we we pride ourselves on
0: and again like you said you know basically you know i don't think anybody Okay, we talk about that, that nobody reasonably expected Michigan to blow out Ohio State. I don't think anybody reasonably expected at the beginning of this year Mike Sanders still to be as great as he has been, okay? And I will tell you, Clint, coming into this game, I'm looking at the matchups on the, on the Ohio State side of the ball, and I'm like, gosh, I'm going after Mike Sanders still, okay? You know, again, not the tallest player, not the longest reach, Probably the biggest heart on the team, and worked his butt off, and like you said, had that amazing play. That you know he you know, he described that play. as like, you know, he goes, he goes, uh, got beat a little bit, and that guy was not gonna keep the ball. It, not on his watch. And I think when you see, um, you know, the talent on the Ohio State side of the ball and the play on the Michigan side of the ball. That is one of the things that has to really scare Ohio State fans, okay? If you want to total up the stars, I think Ohio State had more. I'm talking about the made-up recruiting stars, right? But who was the best team? Who was the best team with their two best players out? And now Michigan is going to start having their pick of, of more talented players, okay? Now, what's interesting about that is that even after all of this, okay, you know, J.J. McCarthy had a great quote. I mean, it, w-
4: it was great and all, obviously, to get a win. Like, every win's great, and especially this one, but at the end of the day, this one doesn't even matter. This doesn't matter. The job's not finished. We got so, so much more to do, and... So much, so many places to go. So the job's not finished and we're ready to get after it. The boys sound like Kobe Bryant to y'all,
0: You just kind of see the attitude of this team. You saw how JJ was, you know, not super concerned when they weren't connecting, you know, toward this last half of the season on the long passes. He's like, you know, we're gonna take it from State Street to Main Street. And they did, right? So the question is, um, you know, what's going to happen when Michigan goes on to this next, um, you know, this this next level, right? Um, and, and when I talk about like the, this being kind of a, uh, just a, a banner game to not only show off the dominance over Ohio State, but the culture, right? You know, you have... You know Harbaugh talking about that.
1: The level of preparation and the level of detail. Um, you know it was it was Super Bowl like, and um, and we understand this this is this is like having a Super Bowl every year. Uh, when you're at Michigan, you get to you get to play in a Super Bowl every single year, and uh, and it was treated by like as such by our by our coaches. Um, you know especially. The coordinators I can't say enough good things I mean the amount of of uh, preparation and um, detail that went into uh, uh, you know this this game and ultimately the performance by our team uh, you know, they were directly responsible.
0: You have that you know we're looking for the right fit. It's really
1: more it's more about the right fit uh, and, and that's that's what it is. It has no correlation to, you know, the signing of the stars or, uh, anything like that. I mean, those guys, uh, those guys that weren't signing with the stars were, were, great guys and great players. And, uh, you know, we're looking for, we're looking for the guys who really like football, you know, who really want to get good at football and no matter what their, their star rating is, that's, that's, uh, fairly irrelevant.
0: You know, if you're a player and like you said, you want to come here and, you know, work on your game, you know, it, it, it seems like a great environment to do that. And again, I, I feel like this is the beginning, right? I feel, and, and, you know, one of the things I'll tell you, Clint, which was really funny to me, and this, this may have influenced my perception of the game is, so you're at, you know, the horseshoe, and you're talking to people before the game, and and Ohio State people were asking all kinds of questions about Harbaugh. When do you think he's gonna leave? When's he gonna go to the NFL? Is he, you know, asking about some of the things that he had said? They're spooked, okay, and that was before the game. So, you know, you, you know again, we've talked about Harbaugh has kind of a quirky nature, and, you know, you've pointed out many times, you believe him when he says something. Well, the team is delivering, and you know he he used to have this phrase. He's mentioned it, an ascending team. This may be one of the best teams we've ever seen in my lifetime, and I still feel like they're they have the potential to ascend.
5: Yeah, I think that's absolutely true. I think they can get healthier. Certainly, I think the uh, the offensive line is still a little bit dinged up. They can also get healthier, and now the the playbook is much more wide open, right? There isn't the the week twelve Ohio State game uh, looming, where every game plan kind of has to keep uh, some of the best components on the shelf, you know. And we saw this a little bit uh, last year after Michigan beat Ohio State. Um, They really had got to have some fun with the play calling in the big 10 championship game against Iowa, right? First, um, you know, first touchdown with uh, the zone read with JJ and Blake Corham. And then the Donovan Edwards halfback pass back to back and uh, never felt like Iowa had a chance to come back. So I expect something very similar. I expect to be able to see all of the things that, people have been clamoring for. There's no need to kind of keep it in your pocket now. You know, you get to go go play, have fun, be an ascending team, win another Big Ten title, celebrate with your teammates in Indianapolis, and then spend four weeks getting healthy and, and try to get your absolute best uh, team uh, put together in terms of personnel uh, for the semifinals and, and take your best shot. At, at trying to win a national title because that's that's been the goal. You and I mentioned it uh, in the aftermath after the game with Georgia last year. There were players that kind of stayed around and, and really soaked all of that environment in after losing in the semifinals to Georgia on New Year's Eve. And that says a lot about their mindset, right? The, there's no coach that told them to go go stand on the sidelines and watch the Georgia celebration. Right? nobody nobody was talking about I mean, right away on january 2nd how to prep uh to be a national title contender that day right it's been player led and, and i think that's that's probably what makes Jim Harbaugh the happiest right now on on his happy mission is that his kids and his coaches are all saying the things that he wants them to say and he doesn't have to ask them to do it right it's coming out of it's coming naturally and organically and the the results are paying off even much faster than we even could have hoped since since flipping everything around in that off season, uh between the 2020 and 21 seasons it's it's amazing to see
0: you know and again to keep giving credit on the defensive side of the ball i mean chris jenkins said in the run up to the game you know he had quotes about you know, big time players make big time plays and big time games, right? And you know, that's what the defense did. And it was really balanced because, you know, you had Mike Barrett with eleven, you know, total tackles. Then you had um Macari Page with an interception. You had Taylor Upshaw with an interception. And again, it's guys who, you know, again were were contributors all season long, but not necessarily stars except for Mike Barrett, right? And, again, it, it's, it, it's okay, when we've talked about this. It's easy when you're winning. It's easy to kind of to make everybody happy, right, because you're all along for the ride. But it really seems top to bottom that, you know, these guys are, uh, you know, really bought into the team mentality. You know, and I think about the receivers, right, like Cornelius Johnson, right, didn't have the best season, didn't get targeted as much as, you know, he might have hoped, but look, you know, biggest stage, right? And and there's bigger stages ahead. So you can really see that this team is, is hungry. And I did not see answers on the Ohio State side of the ball. Now, again, you know, uh, next year will be a whole new squad, right? But what I'm seeing right now, I like. I like it a lot. And I like that I'm on this side of the rivalry right now. And I think we're going to get to see what kind of coach Ryan Day is. Because beating everybody but Michigan does not fly in Columbus. And, you know, the gauntlet has been thrown down two games in a row, right? And, uh, you know, there's, there's that quote we started off with where the Ohio State reporter asked, you know, um, Donovan about his long run, and he, you know, and he said, Which one? (laughs) You could answer that about a lot of things right now. Oh, remember that time uh, Michigan put the beat down on Ohio State, right? Which one? (laughs) Remember that second half where Michigan totally dominated at Ohio State? Which one? <laughs>
5: that season where Ohio State's defense quit in the second half. Which one? <laughs>
0: yeah, and I'll, and I'll tell you, Clint, that was the thing to see is um, I thought in the first half, we, we okay, you've heard me say and I've been surprised all year long that more teams didn't try to challenge the Michigan defense with tempo I thought Ohio State was doing that in the first half okay they were getting up to the ball quick I suspected they might have been calling two plays at a time like they were just running up and going and I thought oh this is it this is what a team does they're They're keeping, you know, the Michigan, putting the Michigan defense kind of on their heels and not giving them time to catch their breath. And then the Michigan defense firmed up and Ohio State couldn't keep it up in the second half. And it's just interesting because it was like, wow, this defense is awesome, right? And last year, you know, for good reason, okay, you know, Michigan had two top players go to the NFL, right? and David Ajabo, and Aiden Hutchinson. And they collected a lot of the attention, and they should have. And, you know, Coach Harbaugh talked about the nameless defense this year. This defense looks amazing and looks deep.
5: Yeah, and Dax Hill was a first-rounder on that defense also. And uh, the the no-star defense mantra that we heard about in the the preseason and, and fall camp certainly has come to be. And I'll tell you what, one of the most impressive things on the defensive side of the ball in this game was Jesse Minter really didn't dial up the pressure um, and blitz like crazy as I would have expected. I I was expecting kind of a kitchen sink mentality to to really sell out, to try to get in C.J. Stroud's face. And you know what? They, they didn't. They, they got some pressure on him in, in some key moments, but all most of that came from uh, you know your organic four-man pass rush, especially the guys in the middle, Mozzie Smith and Chris Jenkins. Um, it was really, really amazing to see Stroud take the snap and have all the time in the world and just hold the ball and hold the ball and hold the ball. And then maybe find somebody for a, for an eight to 12 yard game. Right. I mean, like the coverage, you know, on the TV angle, you know, I, I don't get to see it the way that, that you were able to see it all 22 at the same time, but I would have loved to see all of the things that, that Michigan was doing in coverage to be able to kind of keep that passing attack in the building. Right. I mean, there were big plays. The, the, the one time there was a, a safety blitz, that uh, Stroud threw over the top, and Marvin Harrison, you know, that looked like uh, kids playing in the backyard. That fade route for the touchdown to go up twenty to seventeen, and, and a couple, couple big plays to Abuka, especially over the middle. Um, but man, like that's it. That's it. It, it. Fewer plays even this year than than last year that they were able to, able to make. And it's, it's just amazing because they did it without Aiden Hutchinson getting three sacks, like last year and Ojabo getting another, right? They did it without pressure. They did it almost all with coverage. And and that's that's truly amazing. And I hope uh, I hope at some point the All-22 video hits the internet or somewhere that we've got access to it because I really, really would love to see exactly what, uh, what Jesse Mentor was doing to, to kind of freeze CJ Stroud on, on so many of those plays.
0: So – I was looking back at the stats from last year's game, right? And, you know, I remember, but some people forget that 42-27, to and Ohio State still managed two touchdowns in the fourth quarter, right, to kind of make it respectable. But when you look at the rushing yards, okay, so imagine you're an Ohio State person. And you're looking at these stats, and I tell you that Hassan Haskins, who ended up with 169 yards last year, and Blake Corm, who had 87 yards, would both be non-factors the next year. One because of graduating and one for some other reason, right? And Donovan Edwards, who managed, you know, eight yards last year, would blow you out of the water with you know, 216 yards. Right. I mean, it, it's, you know, you just have to have the feeling that Michigan comes in waves at you. Right. And, and that's how it looks right now. So, um, Clint, do you have any final words?
5: It's great to be a Michigan Wolverine. I'm glad that we're on this side of it now. It, uh, still a long way to go. Still a lot of makeup, <laughs> You know, still a lot of payback. Um, it's been a long decade or two decades. Um, but uh, I really, you know, we, we kind of alluded to it earlier. Um, my kids are 9, 7, and 5, and, and being able to watch that game with my family. Uh, my brother's birthday was, um, was Saturday, so we were here, had a kind of a second Thanksgiving, and uh, that was a day that I'll never, ever forget. So I'm grateful to uh, to the Michigan team to the program for, uh, for bringing such joy to, to my family for that day and, and created a day that, that we'll never forget. So I'm, uh, I'm grateful and, uh, I'm looking forward to the rest of, uh, of this happy mission.
0: I'm grateful that I am not a jinx because as we've talked about on the podcast last year, the morning of the Michigan Ohio state game last year, I, uh, got my PCR test back. And tested positive for COVID, so and and I just knew Michigan was going to win that game, and it hurt so bad to not be at the stadium. So uh, I'm really glad that my presence at this game did not jinx Michigan. And uh, again, it, it's it's I'm really glad that once again the cry of the Wolverine echoes through the Ohio the Ohio River Valley. And um, you know one final thing, as we were leaving the game. We stopped uh, about a half hour out at a Columbus Buffalo Wild Wings. And as we left, we programmed the jukebox to play the victors eight straight times. So uh, we left them with a little gift, a little remembrance of uh, of our presence there. And all I can say is uh, that's going to do it for this very happy edition of the UMGoBlue.com podcast. This is Phil Callahan along with Clint Theringer. Go Blue. Go Blue. Thank you for listening to the UMGoBlue.com podcast. All rights reserved. Search for UMGoBlue.com on iTunes. Go Blue.